The Johnson Wax Program, with Ted Wayne's Orchestra, and starring Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly. and his orchestra open the show with Give a Little Thought to Me. on Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for their floors and linoleum, you know there must be a pretty good reason for this preference. In the first place, glow coat is so easy to apply, and it dries in just 20 minutes. Glow coat quickly changes dull, dingy floors into beautiful, shining surfaces right before your eyes. You don't have to do any rubbing or buffing. Your floors will never be streaked or gummy when you use this remarkable liquid polish. Glow coat keeps linoleum beautiful and clean, protecting the floor from wear, shutting out dirt, and saving you hours of cleaning time. Why not do what millions of smart housewives are doing? Order glow coat tomorrow from your nearest dealer. Look for the attractive yellow cam. Oh, yes, remember, you save money on the larger sizes. Fibber and Molly are presenting the Wistful Vista Vaudeville Show, for which they interviewed all that splendid talent last week. And here backstage of the Bijou Theater, we find those two vendors of vim, vigor, and variety, Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, I guess I better get out there on the roastrum and make my opening speech, Molly. Say, uh, the theater manager said there might be hecklers out in front, but I told him you could take care of yourself. Huh, I'll say so. I love a battle of wits. Hmm. Well, that's very courageous of you, McGee. You being practically unarmed. <laughs> well, be that as it were or may not be, I can handle any heckler whoever cracks wide. Oh, go on and make your curtain speech. Okay. Give me a cord, men. Ladies and gentlemen, first let me welcome you to the Bijou Theater. What do you mean, welcome us? We paid our way in. <laughs> you pay for a full-rate ticket, bud? Yeah, why? Well, if they'd have seen how childish you act, you could come in for half price. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to the Bijou Theater. This celebration concludes this uh, week of uh, celebration of Wistful Vista's uh, celebration. Oh. <laughs> How am I doing, Molly? Wonderful, McGee. Wonderful. Ooh. Who threw that tomato? Come on, now. Come on. Who threw that tomato? I did. What are you going to do about it? Why? 
Did you know, Bud, that uh, tomatoes were once known as love apples? <laughs> I think that was very sweet of you, but after all, we can't allow my personal popularity to interfere with the show. <laughs> now, the first interesting little bit on our variety show tonight is a novelty that's being shown for the first time anywhere. You've heard of talking ducks, trained geese, and singing mice, but for the first time on the radio and stage, friends, we're going to present Cyril the Celebrated Centipede. Molly, bring Cyril out and show the folks. Here he is. Here he is, right here, in this little pillbox. How's Cyril feeling, Molly? Fine, except for a little rheumatism in his 47th leg on the port side. <laughs> folks, Molly says Cyril is troubled with a little rheumatism, but he's going to carry on just the same. We got a couple of crickets backstage waiting to give him a rubdown. Yeah, well, you see what a rubdown the critics give you. <laughs> I said crickets, not critics. Okay, they're all bugs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now then, folks, I'll give you Cyril's history. Cyril, the celebrated centipede, was captured by the French Foreign Legion and sent to me. He'd been found following the troops because he loves marching. <laughs> So we're going to let you listen to Cyril march around inside this little pillbox by means of a special amplifying system. I hold the box up close to the microphone like this. Now then, Cyril, forward march. What's the matter with him, McGee? Well, if he was with the French Army, he only understands French. <laughs> Allons, mon enfant, marchez-vous. Haltez-vous. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> well, that's all right. <laughs> well, I, I'm really sorry about this, folks, but Cyril's rheumatism seems to be bothering him too much. <laughs> he can't keep step with himself. Yeah. So we'll have to keep Cyril for another performance. It's a shame, too, when you think of how much trouble it is to lace up his leggings for each show. <laughs> Take him away, Molly. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> Now we present a man who is a favorite with you all. America's premier trombone soloist, Ted Ween. Thank you too much, senor. Oh, heavenly days. <laughs> That's not Ted Ween. Who are you, bud? Me? I'm Frankie Papil. I play the accordion. Oh, well, the accordion, huh? <laughs> well, I'm glad you got here, Frank. We wanted an accordion solo in this show, but I wasn't sure we could squeeze it in. <laughs> say, are you uh, the Frankie Papil, the famous accordionist? That's me, so say... <laughs> Only I'm not so fame. I'm just pretty good. Well, <laughs> won't you play something for us, Mr. Papila? Sure. I play phonically, uh, mix them up with phonicola. <laughs> Folks, allow me to present Mr. Frank Papila, the sensational accordion artist whose services we acquired at enormous expense. Ah, go on. You didn't even know he was there. <laughs> well, I wish I could say the same for you, Flip Lip. <laughs> play, Frank.
Captain. Hey, Mr. McGee. Oh, oh Silly Watson. Yeah. Hi, Sil. What's the matter? I've seen him, boss. I've seen him. you seen who? You saw who? I didn't saw anybody. Sil seen him. <laughs> who, Sil? Who was it? That magic man, Miss McGee, Mr. Boomer. Heavenly Days, a magician who stole your jewelry last week. Where is he, Sil? Where is he? I don't know. Well, that rather Sil, you said you saw him. Yes, I did. Well, Heavenly Days, where? Yeah. When? Just, just a little while ago, ma'am. You see, I was walking past the stage door with Rosebud, and I seen him. Yeah? I said, there he is. Rosebud, she say, who that? I, I say, I say, that man who I walk away with Miss McGee's jewelry and stuff. And Rosebud, she say, you go get the law, honey. I said, no, sir. I'm going to go get Mrs. McGee. And see, I is. <laughs> well, that's, well, Phil. Uh, really found him, I see that. Do you think he's still out there, Phil? Yes, sir. I don't think so. You mean he's gone? Yes, ma'am. I think maybe when he's seen me and Rosebud pointing at him and whispering, he done got his pushes. Well, listen, Phil, I want that guy. I want my watch and stuff back, you see? Yes. So if you see him again, you follow him. Yes, Miss McGee. I'm going to be the darkest shadow he ever had, boss. And Goodbye, Miss McGee. Come on. <laughs> Ladies and gents, I'm sorry to have delayed the performance, but I had to see a man about a man. The show will continue immediately. Why? <laughs> you must have had your chin wired for sound, Wobblepuss. <laughs> You don't like this show, why don't you leave? I can't leave, it's raining outside. Well, that ought to make a sponge like you feel swell. You get it, Molly? Sponge? Rain? Swell? It ain't funny, McGee. Okay, okay. I don't bruise easy. <laughs> All right, folks, the next feature on the show will be Mademoiselle Swinget, the world's champion trapeze performer in feats of daring and strength. While this little frail is suspended... McGee. I mean, <laughs> while this little lady is suspended by a frail trapeze... <laughs> She performs amazing convulsions while hanging only by her teeth. Mademoiselle Swinger. Lower the trapeze, boys. Swing her down. (laughs) Just a minute there, Grandma. Ain't you a little... I mean, uh, shouldn't you ought to leave this violent stuff for the younger generation? You're pretty old for this kind of thing. What do you mean old, Skippy? Well, you certainly got a lot of wrinkles. Well, that's because of the trapeze work, son. I've had a bird's eye view so long it's given me crow's feet. Well, listen, Grandma, before we start, I think the audience might be interested in a few facts about your life. Interested? Yep. (laughs) Why, Shorty, if they knew the facts about my life, they'd be (laughs) nonplussed. Why, until my marriage to an acrobat, I was a reigning beauty. No. Yes, sir, I was the toast of New York, but I married a crumb. (laughs) (laughs) Married a crumb. What'd you do before that, Grandma? I was a contortionist in Hollywood. Contortionist? Doubling for some of the stars. (laughs) I guess that was my natural bend. Uh, Well, (laughs) don't you ever get dizzy way up on that trapeze? Shorty, the dizzier I get, the better I like it. If you've never been dizzy, you haven't lived. And he's lived, all right. Quiet down there. You a trapeze artist too, bud? No, why? Oh, I just wondered. You open your trap with such ease. That's telling him, Skippy. Well, get on with it, Grandma. No, folks, I'm going to do a giant swing whilst hanging by my teeth. Mm, you must have a swell set of grinders, Swingy. Uh, the best that money can buy, Skippy. Okay, boys, let her go. Hot dog. Look at that, will you? She's great, ain't she? Boy, oh boy. 
Hey, where'd you play last week, Grandma? Cincinnati! <laughs> what theater? Quit talking to her, eagerness. If she opens her mouth, she'll fall. Okay, okay. Imagine that, hanging by her teeth at her age. Oh, look. Hey, Grandma, you got to run in your tights. Now, you see what you did? You made her open her mouth. <laughs> and now, folks, while they're sweeping up Grandma... We... <laughs> hey, you down there, can't you sit still? Begging your pardon, laddie, but when is the Mickey Moose? Who are you, bud? My name is Donald or Donald MacDonald. When is the Mickey Moose? There is no Mickey Mouse, sir. Oh, so you better duck, Donald. <laughs> now, folks, Will you stop saying folk? <laughs> Listen, Triple Tongue, quit being a tea kettle, will you? What do you mean, a tea kettle? A tea kettle, bud, is a gadget with a long nose that's full of hot air. <laughs> In just about a minute, I'm going to light the fire under you. <laughs> Folks, to be serious a minute, you know, this is National Poppy Day, so we've asked our handsome young singer, Mr. Perry Como, to sing an appropriate number, When the Poppies Bloom Again. Accompanied by the entire Weems Ensemble, Perry Como. When the poppies bloom again, I'll remember you. There beside the river stand Where we kissed the dew When you told me not to cry You held me tenderly But that kiss was our goodbye You were gone from me my lonely footstep train Where you must ever stay And I place a sweet bouquet My token of love Darling, till we meet again I'll be ever true When the poppies bloom again I'll remember you The other day, a certain woman remarked to her dealer as she was buying a can of Johnson's Blowcoat, this is my way of applauding Fibber McGee and Molly for the pleasure my husband and I get from their Monday evening radio program. 
Well, we thank her and all of the other loyal listeners who make this program possible by purchasing the Johnson Polishes. But we urge you to buy Glow Coat because we know it will give you such genuine satisfaction. Glow Coat gives brighter luster, longer wear, keeps your linoleum so clean and sparkling that you can dust it off with a dry duster and save yourself the drudgery of floor scrubbing. Order Glow Coat from your dealer tomorrow, won't you? It's spelled G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Johnson Self-Polishing Glow Coat, made by the makers of Johnson's Wax. You know, Harlow, sometimes I almost admire you. <laughs> oh, what's next, Molly? Our next attraction is that world-famous monologist, Mr. Mort Toot, with clever quips, smart cracks, and witty things. He says, Mr. Mort Toot. <laughs> Oh, hello, folks. <laughs> I got some honeys for you tonight. <laughs> some real nifties. <laughs> Did you hear the one about the fella that couldn't learn to play Hawaiian guitar? <laughs> he just couldn't hit a low tone. <laughs> a low? <laughs> some fun, eh, kid? <laughs> oh, boy, am I hot tonight. Hey, excuse me, Mr. Toops, but who furnishes your material? Oh, nobody. <laughs> I'll work them up myself. <laughs> well, folks, here's a riddle. And a whoop to do too. <laughs> Why is driving a fast car on a rough road like the Supreme Court? <laughs> this is a topical one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is driving a fast car on a rough road like the Supreme Court? <laughs> because when you get going over 70, you got to have a good constitution to keep your seat. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, is that a pit? <laughs> I got some more good ones down on my overcoat. Shall I go get them? <laughs> no. Just get your overcoat. Ladies and gentlemen, the next attraction on this bill of stellar entertainment... What do you mean, stellar? <laughs> stellar, bud, refers to the stars. And you'll see what I mean if you don't pipe down. <laughs> Who's next, Molly? Well, that Russian bicycle rider was supposed to be, but he just got here and said he can't go on. What's the matter with him? Saddle sore? No. <laughs> he said his trick bicycle is broken. Say, he can't do that to us. Where is he? Right there. Yoo-hoo, Mr. Rat, can it talk? Come here a minute. Hello, Babushka. Hello, Tavaris. What is the matter? I understand you can't go on, Vodka. What's the idea of disappointing all these people? I can't help it, Tavaris. It is pop law, but this is the first time it is happening to Sir Vasilyevich Raskaniskov, the world's greatest bicycle man. I'm very sad. What <laughs> makes you... What makes you so blue, Serge? <laughs> I have got cow puncher. A cow puncher? I thought you had a bicycle act. Sure, but I'm riding my bicycle out in country, and I'm hitting a big bull. She's sticking horn through my tire. Bong! Ha, cow puncher. <laughs> oh, that's the idea. I see. Yeah, but wait a minute. That was not cow vodka, that was a bull. No, Tavaris. That is the truth. <laughs> Goodbye, comrades. <laughs> Well, folks, we're very sorry we can't give you Mr. Rusty Kaniskoff, but some of the other attractions will more than make up for it. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> You're telling us. 
That man again. Listen, mister, I think your trouble is that you can't see or hear good. I'd like to put you on the aisle. Which aisle? The aisle of Capri. <laughs> now, folks, we want you to meet Professor Elmo Tanner, the whistling whippet of Winnipeg, who will toss off a trill or two entitled The Girl on the Police Gazette from On the Avenue, Mr. Tanner. <laughs> friends, one little special announcement now before we continue with the performance. Mrs. Bedelia Wearybottom has a few words she would like to speak. <laughs> Mrs. Wearybottom. Oh, hi, Weary. Oh, hello, folks. I was asked by the committee to say a few words to you regarding the Wistful Vista Charities. You know, this show is being put on for the benefit of charity and I wish to thank you one and all. Uh, no, not all. Some of you are still holding out, but I may tell you at this time we have collected enough to endow a bed in the Wistful Vista Hospital, and I hope it's made up because I certainly am sick of trying to get money out of you citizens. Isn't this the worst show you ever saw? <laughs> thank you, Mrs. Worrybottom. That was splendid. After your inspiring words, I'm sure we'll all understand what... Uh, uh, what, uh, what's next, Molly? All right. Cord, please, Ted. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, by popular request, uh, Mr. McGee and I are again putting on our famous mind-reading act. I will be blindfolded upon the stage, and my husband will pass out. I'm for that. Quiet. <laughs> my husband will pass out through the audience by means of mental telepathy. I will call out a description of any object he produces from a member of the audience. See if he can produce a few laughs. Hey, listen here, scramble pan. If you don't pipe down, I'll come out there and feed you a few of your own teeth. All we want out of you is silence. Well, let's have some entertainment then. I guess you don't realize what's coming, bud. No, what is coming? Three ushers, the manager, and a cop. Toss him out, boy. <laughs> Now then, <clears throat> is there anybody else that thinks the entertainment is on the wrong side of the footlight? <laughs> no? Fine. So now we present Hypno and Misto, the world's famous mind readers. Blindfold me, dearie. Okay. You see, folks, I tied this blindfold tight about her eyes, so she can't see a thing. 
Can you see now, Miss Stowe? No, Hypno, I can't see a thing. What's this coin I hold in front of your eyes? A two-dollar bill. Blindfold ain't quite tight enough. <laughs> there. I will now pass out amongst you and ask for small objects to test the mental telepathy of the great Miss Stowe. Now, don't be nervous, folks. It's all in fun. Can you hear me, Miss Stowe? I hear you, Hypno. Fine. Now then, may I borrow this, please? Thank you. Now, now listen close, Miss Stowe. I have nosed around and found an object. What is it? A handkerchief. Colossal. <laughs> I have heard a dark rumor that you can describe this handkerchief. A dark rumor. It has a colored border. <laughs> a ham. Now I pass on to the next gentleman. This gentleman has a package. It has lettering on it. Can you read it? I see letters. G-L-O hyphen C-O-A-T. Low coat. Mm. Well. What was that? <laughs> that was Harpo. I just knocked his large-sized can off. <laughs> <laughs> now then, mister, what is this gentleman holding in front of him? Ah, oh, this will stump you. A wooden leg. Just like Andrew Jackson. <laughs> what kind of wood is it? Old hickory. <laughs> oh, folks, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> One more question, Miss Stowe. Shoot, Hypno. I take from this lady a her. What kind of leather is it? Come, come, concentrate. What kind of leather? I don't want you to be influenced by me. Influence? Wait. Ah. <laughs> One more demonstration of these psychic powers, friends. Hurry, Hypno, me power is leaving. I'm hurrying, Misty. I take this gentleman's watch. Do you mind, sir? Out of bit, my boy, out of bit. Help yourself. Thank you, sir. Very handsome watch. Do you hear me, Miss Stowe? I hear you, Hypno. I am holding a gentleman's watch in my hand. Can you describe it? Concentrate, Miss Stowe. I'm getting your thoughts, Hypno. Mm-hmm. I see a watch. Tremendous. <laughs> Go on, Miss Stowe. It has an inscription on it. Can you read the inscription? I can. It says, To Fibber with Love from Molly. Correct. To Fibber with Love from Molly. McGee, that's your own watch. What? Oh, why, say it is. Well, for the... Oh, now I know you, brother. Aha. You're the guy that walked out with my watch and stuff last week. Yes, my boy, you're right. Absolutely right. Have him arrested, McGee. Call the police. But is there any reason why I shouldn't have you tossed into the slap hatch? Well, my boy, allow me to return your other property. Here's your stick pin, your ring. My diamond ring. That's what you say. Allow me to say that I regret my hasty actions of last week. I have come to regret it. Yes, and I regret having come. <laughs> regret it most sincerely. Well, uh, that's the way you feel about it, bud. I <laughs> say you do look kind of peaked. Look like you hadn't slept for a week. Your conscience bother you? You're... No, that watch of yours makes so much noise, I haven't slept a wink. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, you know, a week after next... Oh, Ms. McGee, here's a telegram for you. Oh, fine, thanks. <clears throat> Let's see what it says. Dear Fibber, cannot thank you enough for changing your broadcast to one hour later starting April the 12th. Stop. <laughs> well, I guess this change of time is 
going to be very popular with our listeners, Molly. Yes. Well, get on with the telegram. It says, now on Monday, I can have my dinner and get out of the house before you start. Why the... <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, next week, this program will be broadcast at this same time. One week after that, April 12th, it will be heard at 9 o'clock Eastern and 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax, Racine, Wisconsin. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. This is WMAQ, the Chicago Daily News Station. Pippa McGee and Molly will appear in person at the Majestic Theater, Kankakee, Illinois, Saturday, April 3rd.